0: Hello and welcome to Bedtime Stories with me, R.A. Spratt. Okay, before we get into it, it's been a while since I've given you an update on what's happening here with all my books. So at the moment, what I'm doing is writing the next Friday Barnes book, which is Friday Barnes 11. And it's all set in Paris and involves the Mona Lisa and the Louvre art gallery. Um, So I'm having a lot of fun doing that. And I've just finished uh, Astonishingly Good Stories, which is the sequel to Shockingly Good Stories. The books, both based on this podcast, um, so that's all been edited now, and that'll be coming out in August. It's off; to, it's being typeset, and will be sent off to the printers in like this week or next week. So that's exciting that that's all coming along. And um, here in Australia, we're coming up on term three of the school year, which is when all the children's authors hit the road and visit schools and stuff. So I'll be doing a lot of travel soon. So that's what's going on here. But for now, with the podcast, what we're doing is The Pesky Kids 2, Bearing the Woods. And we're about halfway through. We're up to chapter 15. And today, that chapter is More Than One Way to Skin a Cat. So let's get into it. Two hours later, Finn staggered, exhausted back to the ramshackle farmhouse. The animals had been mucked out, but it had been much more difficult than he imagined. In the process, he'd been stood on by an alpaca, head-butted by a goat, scratched by a wombat, pecked by a goose, and he'd slipped in a puddle of emu pee. The barn was now spotlessly clean, but he was not. He was covered in such a wide variety of animal droppings, he had a hard time knowing where one odour ended and the next one began. Finn had had enough. He was very sorry that the cat lady had a broken leg. Actually, That's not true. He was only slightly sorry because he was beginning to think she deserved it. The things he was having to endure were not a punishment that fit the crime. In fact, he was pretty sure even murderers in maximum security prisons were not smeared with bat droppings. It wasn't fair that he was stuck cleaning up poop while Joe and April were having fun chasing an imaginary bear around the forest. Finn pushed open the back door, already mentally preparing the words he would say to the cat lady. It was going to be something along the lines of, I've had enough. You can't make me do these things. I'm going home. But as soon as he stepped inside, he was silenced by a delicious smell. Finn knew he should make his bold statement, but his tongue was too busy tasting the air, and his brain was too busy imagining how good something that smelled that fantastic would taste. Take your clothes off, said the cat lady, looking around from her cooking pots. Huh? said Finn. He was exhausted and hungry, so he couldn't fathom why this woman wanted him to be naked as well. "'You're covered in muck,' said the cat lady. "'Don't come inside till you've taken your clothes off.' Finn blushed. "'I can't walk around in the nude.' The cat lady gave him a withering look. "'Fair enough. We don't want you scaring the animals. Neil will lend you some of his clothes.' Finn suddenly noticed there was someone else in the room. There was so much clutter, it'd been easy enough to miss him.' Neil, the boy from the minivan, was sitting silently at the dining table, shucking peas. "'How long has he been here?' asked Finn. "'Why didn't he come and help me muck out the barn?' "'I'm not training him up to be a cat lady,' said the cat lady. "'How is cleaning up poop training?' demanded Finn. "'Did you learn something?' asked the cat lady. "'No,' said Finn, "'except geese have teeth, alpacas kick, emus have enormous bladders.' never turn your back on a goat with horns, and a camel can spit up to five metres. There you go, said the cat lady. You've learned about working with animals. That's half the job. You can't be serious, said Finn, and I suppose cleaning your gutters taught me about the importance of rainfall. It taught you to get used to being up high, said the cat lady. Balance and heights isn't hard, it's just practice. Finn had a horrible sinking realisation. He had been tricked. He wasn't being tortured. He was being taught something. This somehow only made everything worse. Neil continued to stare at him blankly. He was obviously used to shucking peas because he didn't even look at his hands as he deftly separated the peas from the pods. What's he doing here anyway? asked Finn. Are you giving him pea training? No need, said the cat lady. No one can shuck a pea faster than our Neil. Neil nodded. He's great help with the odd job, said the cat lady. He's a good grandson. He's your grandson, exclaimed Finn. Then why isn't he being trained up to replace you? It's his inner ear, said the cat lady, patting Neil on the shoulder affectionately. He can't do heights. That's convenient, muttered Finn. Don't you mock him, said the cat lady angrily. In our family, vertigo is a curse. I imagine it's a curse for anyone, said Finn. It's worse when you're circus folk, said the cat lady. Neil hung his head in shame. The cat lady put her arm around his shoulders and squeezed him supportively. "'It's not his fault,' said the cat lady. "'But when your mum is a trapeze artist and your dad is a tightrope walker, "'it's hard knowing you'll never be able to carry on the family tradition. "'That's why he stays with me. "'He can be useful here.' Neil nodded and went back to shucking peas. Finn looked at the posters on the wall. He hadn't noticed before that they were all circus posters.' There was one in particular of a tiny woman hanging thirty metres above the ground, dangling from a rope that she held onto with nothing but her teeth. Finn peered closer. The picture was faded and yellowing around the edges. It must be sixty years old. He turned and looked at the cat lady. Is that you? The cat lady raised her chin in a proud sort of nod. I was an aerial artist for fifty years. How else did you think I was able to climb a telegraph pole in under three seconds the other day? I don't know, admitted Finn. I guess I just assumed you worked for the power company. The oven-timer pinged. That'll be lunch, said the cat lady. If you want any, you'd better get your clothes off. Neil's old overalls are on a peg by the back door. Neil got up and started setting the table. The cat lady went to get the meal out of the oven. This was Finn's moment. He could either stay dressed in the poo-covered clothes and walk the eight kilometres into town or he could take his clothes off, put on another boy's overalls, and sit down to eat the most delicious thing he had smelled since he moved to Karawong. His stomach rumbled. It was an easy choice to make. He would eat first, then dramatically denounce people, and storm out later. And that is the end of the chapter, so we'll leave it there. Until next time, goodbye.